Welcome to Under the Rug at Work, where I shine light on problems that are normally swept under the rug. Today, I'm chatting with Sally Healy about generations in the workplace. Sally is the CEO of the Career Development Center and co-founder of Mentally Well Workplaces. Thanks so much for joining me, Sally. Thanks so much for having me, Nicole. It's a pleasure. You're welcome. And we're in a really interesting time at the moment where every generation is actually in the workforce. What are some of the implications of this that you've seen? Well, as you would imagine, there are many, but one of the ones that really concerns me is the conflict that keeps coming up between generations in the workplace. The simple fact is generations will have different values and perspectives based on their life experiences, the time they were born, what's happening in the world, but it creates numerous flashpoints in the workplace that stems, goes right through from recruitment, retention, training, customer service, the whole organisational morale. But the interesting thing is what I see time and time again, rather than appreciating the strengths and the richness of each generation and that diverse array of skills, we stereotype. You've only got to do a Google search to find out that um, baby boomers, they're uh, greedy and they can't tolerate change. Millennials, they spend all work day on looking at, at their Instagram and their messenger. What, what we go for are the faults. We, we go for the faults, we label, we stereotype. But even more interesting, we do it with no shame. Mm. Now, now we're... We're in a generation where prejudice and, you know, comments about different cultures and things like that, it's been pulled up. We've put a stop to it. But this generational thing where it's okay to say, oh, they're a lazy lot or this lot, and we do it without even thinking about it. And what's worse, it's accepted. It's tolerated. Yeah. So... So we, to me, we're looking at that, it's a completely wrong way. We're looking at it from such a negative viewpoint and we've got to turn that upside down and start looking at the value of these different generations in the workplace. How wonderful it is that we've got a 16-year-old working while they're at school and yet we've still got 70-year-olds in the workplace. That should be embraced. Definitely. And I've seen some organizations really do that. The the whole reverse mentoring where and no, yes. we even do it at home, right? Like kids know technology better than anyone. It it takes me uh like if something breaks, I give it to my husband or you give it to your, you know, friend's kid. <laughs> because they're able to fix it. They're able to understand it because they live and breathe it. Um and organisations that I've seen that have been really successful in that and increase their learning across the board do that sort of thing, whether it's mentoring or reverse mentoring or whatever you want to call, they look at those strengths and they jump on them rather than, yeah, going towards the negative. Yes, I absolutely agree. In fact, reverse mentoring is one of the strategies I put in for workplaces when they are shifting a culture because like you just said 
I can't figure out what's wrong with my computer. I call the granddaughter in who's 17 and say, Chloe, come and help me. Yet I can help her with things like um, her resume, her interviewing skills, those types of things. So embracing that is so important. And, yes, lots of organisations are getting on board, which is the really good thing to come out of this, yes. Yeah. So what are some of the other strategies that you can teach or some of the other things that managers can do to lead such a diverse group? Uh, the first thing I think we can do is stop stereotyping. It it, it it creates a them and us workplace culture. It, it's, it creates a divisive atmosphere where it's, it, it's going to create friction naturally. Um, so the first thing we can do is be mindful ourselves of when we're doing that. This is essentially a cultural issue. So we ourselves need to really do a bit of self-reflection on when we're doing that ourselves and open the can of worms, put it out there straight up. Uh, so let, let's think about this um, from an organisational perspective. We have our mission and our values all lovely, pretty on the wall, but are we living them? Are we breathing them? The organisations that are successful are constantly looking in them. Do they fit our, our organisation? The other thing I, I notice is that inductions tend to historically have been technical, how to sit on your chair, how to get on that ladder, how to use your computer. We need to be thinking about really incorporating our values what are our organisational values and incorporating them into the induction, mm -hmm. but not just these are our values. How do I behave to fit those values? What is it you're looking for from me to be part of those values? And values need quite often need adjusting, but what we're missing, I think, is... Um, really getting digging down in the induction because employees need to understand and quite often it's just a lack of understanding that creates this type of behaviour. So really it does start at the top in, in really involving staff in whether the values fit, getting feedback from all generations and then educating on what does this mean for us. Now, that doesn't have to take hours. It's not a big job. It's not a big time consumer. But it really sets the tone for the culture of that organisation, which is what this is about, isn't it? Yes. And it doesn't take hours, especially if you only have a few values. And it's about, as you say, having real values rather than a list of things that is almost a checklist or something that people will forget because it's not actually ingrained in the organisation. It's just a pretty yes. list on the website. Yes, you're right. And it's about revisiting those values. And then, mm. then it becomes, okay, we have these values. This is what we, you know, live by and, and we motivate them to join in with those values. But then if there's a clash or there is um, conflict between staff we can bring it back to 
looking what's causing that start of that conflict with the particular member of staff as opposed to the whole organization and and usually you can find an underlying reason there that can be simply addressed yeah and i think the bottom line is too is the assumptions and the stereotyping is actually ageism which is a form of discrimination so while we might, you know, flippantly say this is what that generation does or their negatives, um, we need to look at it a bit more seriously because it is discrimination and discrimination, as we know, is illegal. So, yeah, I think you rightly said at the start That's of the but... Absolutely a really valid point that does concern me. Um, we hear um, juniors say, well, I'm not allowed to supervise anyone yet because I'm too young. We hear uh, seniors say, um, I can't um, be employed for this job because they want someone younger, I'm too old. Why do we have this little span in the middle where we're okay <clears throat> to do our jobs? I mean, reality is people are living longer and people are also choosing to work longer because it gives them a sense of purpose yes embrace that just because of a person's age just because they're 19 does that really mean they're not ready to supervise with the right training so let's start looking at the individual as a unique individuals based on their skill set their personality and let's forget all this age thing because it's here to stay. It is exactly right. Um, and you just triggered a couple of um, memories. When I was um, in an organisation, I was a director and uh, I, I I look younger than I am, which is lovely. <laughs> very lucky. Uh, but I would often get asked to get the tea. <laughs> yes. Or I'd come into a meeting and... Um, you know, start presenting and people would be quite shocked or they would come into my office and it, there would be that look of what are you doing here? <laughs> yes. Um, and I just I just laughed it off because, you know, I didn't take offence to it. I understand what they were thinking and most of them didn't, you know, verbally say anything. Um, and once we got to know each other, I learned what their strengths were and they learned what mine were and we were able to work really well together. But... That's beautiful, Nicole, because that is your reverse mentoring, isn't it? It's getting <laughs> to know that person, yeah. what they're about, what they value, what's important to them. Just because you're born in a certain year doesn't mean you fit this box of what's put out there, you know, on Google and in the media and everything we read. We have to be smart enough to question that. Yeah. And when you get to know people, they are wonderfully amazing. They have, everyone has a different background, a different history, different strengths and skill sets. It's just about taking the time. And we say it all the time, but not a lot of us do it, is not judging a book by its cover. Hold <laughs> on, perfect, yes. And when what I find is most leaders that are calling us, they really want to address this they really are keen to have a good culture to embrace diversity and each person's skill strengths it's often they just don't know where to start mm -hmm. so it's not that 
leaders are going, oh, no, we don't care. They do. They passionately care. Mm. But they just need a guide, some guidance in where to start. Yeah. Do you have any final advice or um, tips or benefits that you want to share um, working with, you know, the different generations in the workplace? I guess what I would say to leaders is uh, diversity in generations will create a healthy talent pipeline for your organisation and that will lower, uh, you know, staff turnover. People want to want to be acknowledged and valued. The cost of turnover we know is horrific but because it's a hidden cost we sometimes don't take any notice of it. Um also, brand recognition. The younger generation, and this is a little bit stereotyping, they genuinely want to work for a progressive company that values everybody. Mm. We want to be, as, as organisational leaders, we definitely want to be attracting the best um, talent to our company. So it's really important for brand recognition to value this diversity and to be seen as as mentoring the younger generation, accepting genera uh, your older generation may not want to retire and not shoving them out the door because they've reached the magic age of 65. So it really is about um, living and breathing and, and caring. It, it's ultimately a very good business strategy and it's not rocket science. It's not. It's not at all. And I remember one of my best hires in um, in a team, it was a, a new team, new organisation, huge projects. And uh, one of my best hires was a 63-year-old woman who just had the perfect background, the perfect skills, the perfect sentiment. And because um, it, it was a tricky project. And it was, um, she was thinking about retirement and I asked her to just put that to the side just for a year or two and it really benefited the organization I was able to learn a lot from her she was able to learn a lot from me and yeah the, the organization and the individuals as part of that project really uh, flourished because of that so yeah um I I loved this chat thank you so much thank for coming you. On. really appreciate it and um yeah I think people will get a lot of value from this, but also from the work that you do. So I just want to say um, if, if people who are listening want to learn more about you to go to the careerdevelopmentcenter.com.au or connect with you on LinkedIn and I'll share those links as well. Thank you so much, Nicole. It's been lovely to speak with you today. Thanks, Sally.